I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 138. Want to rock your mortgage business? Then crank up the volume with your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show, I have Lisa Manwaring of DLC CME in South Delta. She is an awesome mortgage broker. I had her back on the show on episode 32 and decided to do an update, see how things are going. She had a fantastic year. Her and her business partner were both able to double their business in 2016. And yes, the market was good, but a large part of the reason for that doubling was because her and her business partner, as well as some other brokers in her office decided to, hey, let's play in our sweet spot. Let's do the thing that we can do best. And everybody made more money. The business was better. And she took over four weeks of holidays and said to me that she, in 13 years, she was never able to unplug like she was this year, even though it was a crazy year. This is a fantastic episode. If you want to learn about or listen to how somebody's built a team and build a, a long-term sustainable business that's not going to burn you out, you've got to listen to this episode with Lisa. This episode is sponsored by Fundever. Fundever is a web portal that connects brokers to commercial lenders. I don't know if you're like me, but I only see a small number of commercial deals every year. And truthfully, I don't even know where to start. Everyone knows when it comes to commercial deals, especially anything creative or private, your Rolodex is critical to your success. Fundever allows the average broker like me to have a killer Rolodex for free. The platform is free for brokers. Check it out at fundever.com and tell them you heard about it at I Love Mortgage Brokering. This episode is also sponsored by Lendful. Lendful.ca is a secure lending platform that does unsecured loans up to 35,000. They're super easy to work with and send them an email and an intro to your client. They take care of all the rest. They just fill out an application and the approval is usually the same day and the money can be in their bank account within 24 to 48 hours. It's crazy. Oh, and they pay you a 1% referral fee. Check them out at lendful.ca and tell them you heard about it at I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Lisa, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. So what is working for you right now? Like what's something that you guys have been having really good success with? Well, 2016 was just a, an insane year uh, for us, as, as I know it was for many. So it, volumes were up significantly. I mean, it was it was amazing the amount of volume that we were doing. Specifically, being here in Tawasin, which actually I believe had the biggest, most active real estate market through that late spring, you know, into the summer. One of the things that we did here is process. Essentially what we did is the the team of four of us, we all now have a very specific position or, or, or role to play. We've got a full-time underwriter now, Jen Wheeler, who is uh, brokering with me. Our job is basically to get out there, hunt and gather. Sherry then takes care of it on the credit side, underwriting, communicating with the lenders. And then we have a full-time assistant. And her job basically is to assist us with documentation, stratadocs, dealing with lawyers, making sure they're getting their their stuff on time, some communicating with clients. So really, the, the big change for us has been process and, and the fact that we all now have a very defined role in what we do. So then without obviously getting into specific numbers, what kind of like percent have you seen improvement in your business from making this sort of change from, you know, playing a staying in your sweet spot? I would say being able to do this, which keeps me, you know, doing what I should be doing, which is getting out there, beating the bushes and finding business. I, I would say that our business almost doubled in 2016. Mm -hmm. 
That's amazing. And so, okay, how did you, because a lot of people think about this, and I've talked to a lot of other mortgage brokers who have figured this out. How did you guys figure out that this was how to, you know, was it by accident? Was it by like, how did you do this? I would like to say it's because, you know, I'm so incredibly, you know, intelligent and I, I had the wherewithal to think of this and humble and, yeah. but no, you know what, honestly, honestly, Scott, I think it was fate to, to be mm-hmm. completely honest with you. The, the underwriter that we have in the office now, essentially she was brokering. And to her own admittance, she would say, I'm a very strong underwriter. I am not a strong go out and get business kind of person. Mm-hmm. Where for me, I like getting belly to belly. I like getting in front of people. Mm-hmm. That's the part of the job that I really enjoy. So as we're all sitting here, you know, running in 10 different directions, it, you know, the thought occurs, well, why don't we streamline this a little bit? Why don't we let you do what you do best? She's happy to sit there, communicate with lenders, push paper, push the credit, which has been fantastic. So really it takes that job away from me so that I can get out there and find more business. We all basically work on a split. So it's not a salaried position. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, the, the drive there is for her to get the business done as well. And it, it's worked extremely well for us. It, it really has. I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled with, with, with the end result. Yeah. I've often said that I think of your business as like three parts. There's like, you don't run one business. It's three mini businesses and there's a before, during and after. So the before is all the stuff that you're doing, like belly to belly, meeting realtors, during is putting deals together and after is taking care of your past clients and database. And you guys have naturally put this together with your team. And so um, this Sherry girl who's like, hey, I love being in the middle. This is the perfect sweet spot mm-hmm. for me. And then you're like, hey, I love meeting clients. And so then what is your other assistant? What sort of things is she doing to facilitate, to help with your business? Really, I, I refer to her as the one that sort of oils the machine, if you will. So, you know, obtaining strata documents, sometimes getting documentation out of realtors can be very challenging. Mm-hmm. They may send you the first three pages of the contract and then you don't have anything else after that. Her job essentially is to deal with that nitty gritty stuff. So she's dealing on the operation side. She's dealing with payroll, for example. She's chasing up documents where need be necessary. Basically anything that you don't require a license to do, we, we, right. we will have her do. You know, she's not, of course, talking to clients directly about mortgage stuff because, of course, there's a licensing issue there. But as far as contacting strata managers, as far as ordering up appraisals, as far as doing all of that, she's my Solidify queen. I wouldn't know what to do if you put me in front of Solidify. I mean, Sarah basically does all that for us, which is wonderful. It's nice to be able to say, here you go. She's got the checks and, you know, the checkpoints in place. So she's, you know, she'll say, I ordered this two days ago. Why do I not have it? So she's really good with the Mm follow-up. Yeah, making sure none of things slips through the cracks. Okay, I got a couple questions. One, is that that person also on a commission or they salary because it's a, or, and then the other question I was going to ask you is you've been in the business a long time, got lots of great referral partners. How did they take when you said, Hey, Oh, by the way, it's me and Sherry. Now it's not just me. Yeah. You know, as, as far as bringing another person into the process, yeah, I, that was always my biggest concern going in because we all know someone who has dealt with an individual and said they grew too much. And now I never speak to them again. Mm-hmm especially when you're dealing with referral sources. If a realtor is going to be referring me a client, they don't want somebody else dealing with that client. They've referred them to me specifically. The way we handle it is I will always have first communication with the client. I will take the application over the phone. We then send them a email, which has a video attached to it. And the video essentially is myself, Sherry and Sarah. So I'm introducing my team to the client. I saw the video actually. I found it on YouTube. It's really good. Yeah. So here's the team that's going to be taking care of you. So if all of a sudden they get an email from Sherry, they're not like, who the heck is this chick? That's not who I'm, you know, who I'm supposed to be dealing with. They also receive a checklist of documents so that they can begin to gather up the documentation that we're going to need. And we have them broken out specifically to the type of client. 
self-employed client versus a salaried individual. So they're sort of given the information up front as far as this is what we're going to need. And these are the people that are going to be working to get your approval as quickly as we can. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then question on salary versus so what, with the per, the person who's oiling the machine and keeping things running, is that a salary type thing? That is a salaried position. Yes. Right. Because it's, it's not a licensed position. And so. Exactly. Right. Okay. So my next question, what is one thing that you've learned sort of in that you wish you would have learned sooner? Obviously this structure has been really effective for you, but is what is there, is there something else that you wish you would have learned, you know, in the last year that you, that you know now that you wish you knew? Yes. Let go. Stop being such a control freak. <laughs> Find good people and let them do what they do well. You know, you, you can't do it all yourself. I'm going to get my business partner, my business, I'm going to get her to listen to this. I'm going to be like, hey, this is for you, Jules. You got to hear this because she's the same way. She's like, ah, I don't want to let go. It's so true. And and you know what? It works. It, you, you think you're doing the right thing by, you know, wanting to control everything. But at the end of the day, it works to your own detriment. It really does. You know, to be able to have people, I have yet to have a client say, I was unhappy that Sherry ever contacted me. If anything, I mean, clients are uh, clients are loving the fact that they're getting all this attention and that stuff is getting processed and, and dealt with quickly. And it is. I mean, the process goes by so much quicker now. Right. That's awesome. And so you said that you'd almost doubled your business. Now, putting the team in place, were you still able to take vacations? Was it like, I know it was a crazy year, but so how did that work for you on, the, on that side of your life? Vacations? We're crazy this year because I literally went on two vacations and left my laptop here at the office and I've not done that in 13 years. Right. I love that. I love hearing that because I think that the longevity of your you know, career is tied to your ability to unplug and yes. so good for you. Yep. Yep. Very much so. So you were able to go away and so did you take more holidays in 2016 than 2015 or about the same? I took more actually. I had uh, 10 lovely days in Maui and then I had three weeks in Italy. And Italy was crazy because there's a time change there and you're not, it's not easy necessarily to communicate with people here. So I was literally off the grid for three weeks. It was wonderful. I I have never experienced that since I started a broker career. So you basically increased your holidays and almost doubled your income. And like, we could be done right now. Okay. Hang up the call, go do this. And you'll, you know, you're going to have an amazing year. So yeah. That's really good. So then the other thing I want to ask you about is, is there any like tools or apps or anything that you've been using for your business that you're like, man, this is so useful. It's been helpful in particular, even around sort of maybe on, well, I'll leave it open so I don't direct you too much. One of the applications that's been really good, because of course now you have multiple people working on the same file, we use Trello. And Trello's been fantastic. It, you know, it, it gives you the ability to look quickly at a file. You can see what's there. We've implemented Dropbox, which is good. So we've got shared documentation, which is wonderful. That's really the stuff that, that we need. You, you, you need something that everyone has access to so that anyone can pull up that file, whether it be in Dropbox to see the documentation, whether it be in Trello to see what status it's at. You know exactly where it is at all times. So you're not sort of stepping on each other's toes. Right. And you don't have to be asking, you know, hey, do you have this? It's like it's everything's in its place. Exactly. That's right. My wife's a big into cooking and it's called mise en place, which is French for everything in its place. It's kind of like when you get ready to start cooking, you make sure everything's organized. And so uh, Trello is pretty good for that, actually, the way that it's, it it's visual and you can drag and drop and yep. and move you know, people through a series of activities. Yep. I mean, the most important thing, if whatever program you're going to use is that you are using it. Right. So if you have the documents, make sure they're uploaded to Dropbox. If you've changed that or the appraisal's been signed off, make sure you're updating that in Trello. Really, you can have the best systems in the world. If you're not using them, they're really not worth anything. So the most important thing, and that was something during the process of 2016 that we started to learn is take the extra three, four, five seconds and just update that system. 
mm-hmm. so that everybody knows where that file is at all times. Right. That's really good. So, okay, you got, you've basically been able to increase your time that you can spend generating business. So what sort of things were you doing build your business in the last year? It's nice to kind of get back to basics again, to be able to contact these realtors and just say to them, hey, have you got time for a coffee? Have you got time for lunch? Or just chat on the phone with them. See what's going on. What can I do to help you? You know, I, I picked up the phone. This was in the summertime and spoke to a realtor and she said, I've got all these listings. Can you, would it be possible for you to drop off some feature sheets or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. This is stuff that we hadn't done in a really long time. And it's nice to get back to actually servicing our referral partners properly. You know, the the last little while has been so reactionary. It's nice to actually be proactive with these guys, not for them to be coming after us saying, you know, can I get this? Can you help me with this? But how much they just love the fact that they pick up the phone and you're there saying, what can I do to help you out? And who did the sheets? Was it, would that be your like non-licensed assistant? Yep. Yep. She'll, she'll do that. We have an Excel spreadsheet. We can basically just take the photograph of the property right off MLS, drop it right into the document, update the rates and away you go. Right. Okay. So do you have any kind of system for following up with your, are you guys in a real estate office? You were at one time, right? Or you're, you are, or you are not, you are. We are. Yeah. We're, we're with the Sutton Seafair office out here in Delta. And how, like, just so that your business, what percent would you say is kind of realtor based? What's cause you've been in business a long time. What percent would you say is like past client, client referral based? I would say I'm probably 60, 40, 60 from existing clients, 40 from uh, realtors. That's really good, actually. So even be, being in a real estate office, you would expect that number might even be higher slanted towards real, realtors. But so you're actually more client, past client. Yeah. And, and again, when you've got the time, you can work the database as well. Pick up the phone, call the clients. Right. Okay. I have a question for you. So somebody's in a, you're in a real estate office. And so this is something I've talked to other people about. And sometimes you sit down with a realtor and they'll say, hey, you know, I'd love to do business with you, but I see that you also work with, you know, Sue and Sally and Bob. And so are you going to be able to send me referrals? So what kind of thing do you, would you say to them when somebody says that to you? Yeah, absolutely. Just as I know a realtor may have, you know, two or three different brokers, really, I'm going to refer that client based on the personality of the individual. Mm -hmm. If you have a very aggressive agent, that works well, I think, with a well-seasoned home buyer versus, say, a timid first-time buyer. That might not necessarily be the right fit. And that's generally what I'll say to them. I know I'm not the only broker that you're probably working with. I have a lot of realtor referrals. And you know what? When I find that client that I know is going to suit you, absolutely, I'll send you somebody. And I have to say, I've been very fortunate from the standpoint is I really haven't had a lot of realtors say to me, you never send me anything. Right. You know, I'm finding now that a lot of the buyers are coming to us first. We're actually, if you go back 10 years, the realtor really drove the best as far as the transaction. Mm -hmm. I'm finding that we're starting to get a little bit more control than we ever had before. Do you have a realtor? Do you have a home inspector? No, I don't. And there's our opportunity to, to pass these people on. So when you get these leads come in, do you meet your clients face to face? Do you just, is it phone? Like what's your process look like? It really depends on the client. Generally, I prefer to do the initial application over the telephone because there's nothing worse than driving out late at night and meeting somebody and finding out that they, you know, just came out of bankruptcy 30 days ago because mm-hmm. we, we've all had that happen. Yep. So initially, I like to take the information over the phone. I actually take, as I was saying, I like to take the application myself. And then from there, it goes over to Sherry. Once I've got the approval in place, then I leave it up to the client. You know, do you want to have a phone meeting and go over this? Or would you like to come and see me or have me come and see you? At that point, really, it's what the client wants because there are still a lot of clients out there that actually want to sit in front of a live person when they're going over their mortgage details. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then what percentage of people would you say that you meet face-to-face versus just straight up online or, you know, just phone? I'd say probably 50-50. 
Okay. And do you meet them once or twice? So you meet them on the initial plan or do you meet them on approval? Like what's that look like? It depends. I, I've, I have had some where I've met the client once. All the documentation has been emailed over to me and then we just meet basically to get everything signed. We go over the initial approval over the phone and I've had some where I've met two and three times. Really, I sort of, you get a feel for what the client is expecting from you. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I've had clients where I've met numerous times and simply because, you know, this is the family that I've done business with forever. This is the, you know, the youngest of the five kids and he's very nervous and he's a first time buyer. And if he needs a little extra handholding, I'm okay with that. And then I've had clients that have said, we can do this all over the phone, right? Because I'm busy. Absolutely. We can do that as well. So really, ultimately, I let the client sort of dictate what it is they expect from a service standpoint. And so out about the phone is one of the most powerful tools for building your business. Obviously, face-to-face -face is going to be trump everything, but phone is a very close second. So how, do you have any kind of phone calling routine you use or is it like what's your – do you have like a system for when you phone your realtors or your clients or how does that work? Certain realtors I will contact on a regular basis. They get email updates from me once a week. We try and get in front of the uh, Sutton office as a whole every quarter to do some sort of – seminar information, whatever, we're actually getting ready to do one next week with regards to the government down payment program. And it's funny, you'll have what you think is a really valid topic and I'll have four come out and then I'll have one where it's basically just right before new home tour, come on out and we'll have a cup of coffee and we'll chat and I'll have 20 of them sitting in front of me. Realtors are funny animals. You know, they sometimes they're, they're all in or, or they're not. Some of them just don't want to be, they don't want to be bugged. They just mm -hmm. want to know that if they pick up the phone and call me, I'm going to answer. And I'm going to call their client right away. I find the more communicative you are with them, the happier they are. Just like we are with our lenders. It's really not that much different. No, totally. It's a communication is still one of the most effective ways to stand out and build your business. So what about with your past clients? So what sort of, do you have any kind of system for calling your past clients? Yeah, we call them on anniversary, which I, we've just implemented that in the last probably 12 months, which has been really good because it's amazing. Number one, quite often you're beating them to that retention team call from the lenders, which is nice. You know, I'm glad you called. I was just talking to my neighbor and he's unhappy with RBC or I'm glad you called. My wife's credit card statement just came in and I'm just tearing my hair out. So just, just to sort of have that pop call is nice. We also try, again, we try and send out what I refer to as like lumpy mail. So we'll send out like a Canuck schedule. We send out like little gardening seeds in the spring, things like that. And it's amazing. You'll send out these mass mailers and all of a sudden you'll give it three to five days. The phone calls start rolling in, which is kind of cool because, you know, you've put yourself in front of them. Oh yeah, I should call her. I've been meaning to call you, you know, which is good. So we, I try and find at least three to four times a year to get myself in front of a, a client, whether it be on the phone or sending them something in the mail or, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of email because I think email can just be deleted far too easily. Yeah, it's important to just, whatever strategy you use to be consistently top of mind to, to you know, so that when those things pop up, my neighbor said that they're not happy and funny that I ran into you. That's because that kind of stuff will only happen if you're top of mind though. That's right. So that's really good. So do you have any kind of like morning routine when you get up? Like what do you do to get your day going? Do you like... Do you do like kickboxing or anything? I don't know why I said kickboxing. Yes, I, I had. <laughs> do you? Really? Because I, I yeah. follow your Facebook. So anybody doesn't know you, they should friend you on Facebook. As long as you're not like weird, you can friend Lisa on Facebook because her posts are so funny that you're just going to die. I, some of the stuff you put on there, I'm just like, oh my gosh, where did you find that? Or, or like, it's so awesome. So what, what does your morning routine look like? I just totally digress there for a second. 6.30 up, off to the gym, gym home by eight o'clock. Quick avocado toast and a coffee and off to the office I go. And first thing I do is turn on my computer and immediately run to the coffee machine. 
caffeine fuels my morning. There's no doubt about that. So, you know, I, I like coming in, you know, after a good, you know, a good run, a good sweat. Mind is clear. You're ready to go. If anyone has ever spent any time in this office, we're a very high energy office. There's always lots of chatter, lots of laughter, lots of music playing. We like to keep it upbeat. I mean, our job can be very time sensitive and can be very stressful. We try and make it as fun as we can going, mm-hmm. going through the process. Cause I really think the clients feel that. Right. Oh yeah, they do for sure. They pick up on your energy and if you're a positive and so, okay. And what time do you usually get to the office? I'm usually in anywhere between nine and nine thirty. And then do you what do you work weekends? What's your like schedule look like? I'm usually here till about six at night. That's pretty common. And I generally find it's Saturday mornings I'm here for a few hours. And that's more just to see clients more, mm-hmm. more than anything else, because there are some clients where Saturday morning really is the optimum time for them, you know, to get signing done. The week can be tough, especially if they've got small kids. They've mm-hmm. got commitments, they've got things that they need to do. So I'm happy to meet them on a weekend if, if that's what they need. And are you like available on your phone all the time or is there like, what do you have any sort of, what does that look like? I will generally cut the phone off around, I, I'd say nine at night. Right. By, by that time I'm done. You know, having said that, have been given heads up by realtors before, especially, you know, during 2016, for example, where we had clients that we knew were going into multiples. And I've had realtors that would call and say, look, we're presenting offers tonight. And look down at the phone at 20 after nine. This particular person's calling. I know why they're calling. I obviously want to make sure that our client is the one that ends up with the accepted offer. I'll pick up the phone. So there's always extenuating circumstances. I, I never say, this is what I'm doing and that's it. And I, I think you have to be flexible in this business in order to in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, here's the last question. And somebody asked me this a little while ago and I, I thought it was brilliant. So I'm going to ask you, so what's one thing that people can't find out about you from Google? Oh, that's a great question. I know, and I didn't send you any questions. So this whole interview is completely just you shooting from the hip and me shooting from my hip. But so, yeah, so you can, I'll give, I'm basically stalling for you to think. One thing you don't know about me from Google. Let's see. Okay. My dad's godfather was Mackenzie King, former prime minister of Canada. Oh, wow. Your dad's godfather. My dad's godfather. Yes. Okay. Well now people will know that, that, that. So, and also you also like shoes, right? I don't know this, maybe, well, you're, you're a girl, so I don't want to sound like, you know, but girls usually like shoes, but also on your Facebook I've noticed that you've mentioned a few times. That- oh yeah, yeah. Shoes, shoes are a religion at my house. Right. They, they are. I refer to my closet as my, as my altar. I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, Lisa, I love talking to you. You're so much fun, and you have so much energy. So glad that things are going well. That you guys have found team structure that that works, and you're staying in your sweet spot. I really appreciate your time today, and I hope 2017 is even better for you guys than 2016. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for checking out the show. The show is also sponsored by Dialabase.com. Dialabase is a professional calling service specifically made for mortgage brokers. Statistics show that for every dollar you put into database marketing, you'll get a 5 to 6x return compared to traditional advertising. Here's how it works. Dialabase.com will call your database for you two to four times a year to keep you top of mind and look for opportunities. Basically, people who need to talk to you about selling, refinancing, or maybe even a separation. I have found when I call 20 past clients, I'll talk to 10, and two of them usually need something. The problem is making 20 calls takes a lot of time. Dialabase will make the calls for you and find the two people that actually need to talk to you and text and email you to follow up. Here's the best part. The calls come from your phone number, so your clients think the Dialabase assistant sitting next to you, the voicemail's in your voice, which means that if it goes to voicemail, your clients think you phoned them, and all the callers are in Canada and they speak excellent English. Full disclosure, I am a partner in this business, but I absolutely love this service and I think it's going to be a game changer for any broker who has a database and they want to extract the most profit possible from it. 
Check it out at dialabase.com. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.